Let's go! Hello and welcome to the Albion Obsessed podcast. Football is back. We are back and we are back in the best possible way. We are back to give you our post-match analysis as Brighton run out winners against Manchester United at Old Trafford on their opening fixture of the season. But before we get into that, let's see who we've got on the show today. We are joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Joe Sayers. Joe, mate, how are you doing? Aching. Football tournament yesterday, we got spanked. Um, But it was a great day out. Um, But yeah, nice and recovered. And very, very, very happy. Very happy. I wonder what Joe could be so happy about. Let's find out. Aaron, how are you doing, brother? Good to see you back. How are we feeling on the opening after the opening day of the season? Uh, very tired, um, but very, very happy. Very, very happy, I have to say. Good to be back. It certainly is good to be back, listeners and viewers. We also welcome back uh, Dan, who has changed his name on screen to SM7 Season, Solly March 7 Season. We're going to be talking about that man a lot today, I feel. Dan, brother, how are you? I'm all good, thanks, Tom. Yeah, delighted, happy, all the good emotions today. Thank God. Yes, indeed. It's hard to argue with any of that. Now, guys, um, you won't know this because obviously we'll be releasing this when we release it. But we are literally recording this on Sunday evening. The match finished barely an hour ago, but we could not wait to bring you our post-match thoughts on today's game because it was just fantastic. It had shades of May all about it uh, as Brighton ran out winners at Old Trafford against Manchester United. But before we dive into that, let's talk a little bit, as I always like to do, about that starting eleven. Um, because it would not be Brighton, Joe, if Graham Potter didn't put out a starting eleven uh, released an hour before kickoff, and people on socials were moaning about it. What did you make, Joe, of the criticisms of the inclusions of the likes of Adam Lalana and Pascal Gross? One, if you're criticising why Pascal Gross is starting after watching him, his performance against Espanyol and his performance um, against uh, the latter teams that we played against last season, you've got to be crazy um, because the, the man is literally the, the best player on the pitch, the best player in the Brighton shirt. He creates so much for us. He gives us so many options. He drags the opposition all over the place. Um it's not all about pace. People are always on about his pace. Oh, he's too slow. He's too slow. It's not about that. His intelligence for the game is second to none. Um, and as for Adam Lallana, you said it in the group chat, Tom. He's not got a Champions League and a Premier League medal for no reason. Um, he's clearly been doing something well in training. He's clear- clearly given Graham Potter a reason to select him. Um, I've said it so many times before. We're not with the squad 24-7. I know Graham isn't either, but you know what I mean? Like, we're not a training all the time. He sees them, like, almost every day. Um, so he's picked the, the best 11 to go out there and, and get a result against United. And to the people that are criticising that starting 11, what I say to you is, ha, 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 ha. As Joe was spilling the tea, I was drinking it. Aaron, what did you make of that starting eleven, mate? Being truthful, mate, I didn't actually realise the team until I got home from work, so about quarter to two. Um, so I didn't really have any major inputs when I saw the team. I, I was a bit like, "Cool, 
that's fine. Just just get going. I, I wasn't really too fast, being truthful. Um, probably the only change I would potentially make is Moepu for Lalana, but that's just due to personal preference. But I think Lalana was superb. But I can't, yeah, I can't really say much more about it, really, if I'm being truthful with you. Decent, decent. And finally, Dan, is it about time that the fans, especially uh, vocal fans on social media, um, stop trying to second guess our, our coach? Because, yeah, sometimes he does make those calls because, you know, in my starting 11, the one that I predicted, I put Moepu in there. But when uh, Lalana was on there, I thought, you know, as Joe says in the group chat, I was saying, you know, man's got a Champions League winner's medal. Man's got a Premier League winner's medal. Is it time the fans started putting respect on some of those names that they're more than happy to moan about one moment and then celebrate the next? You need a hell nail right on the head. It, they, need, they need to start remembering that Alana has won things that we can only dream of winning. You know, he's got the experience in this league. He's got experience outside this league, you know, in bigger competitions. He's an England's national at the end of the day. He might be a bit injury prone here and there. You know, as Joe said, we're not with the team all the time. We don't see them in training. He's obviously shown enough that he can start. Obviously, it would be bright and Twitter Twitter about somebody having a moan about something or other. But there we go. That's that's what we love on the match day. I say you tell the season's now starting up again. People complaining about the starting lineup. Yeah, definitely. I think you can always tell when the season's going because he has again a game in. And already Graham Potter is being questioned. Um, it, I, I think it just needs to be said, you know, as we've already alluded to, Adam Lallana has gone on to do a, a great deal of many things in his career. And I genuinely think that when Adam Lallana and Danny Welbeck play, especially as well as we've seen Danny Welbeck play recently, they just they just make us look so much better. And we'll talk a, bit, a little bit about both players a bit later because they were instrumental in our victory today. But I think, you know, as I say, as I alluded to, it's about time people started putting respect on names. The likes of, as I say, Adam Lallana, Pascal Gross, Solly March, all of whom played incredibly well today. And it makes me sort of go, how many times do you have to watch these guys play and put in incredible performances before you start to uh, give respect to those players? But anyway, less about that more about this. Now, Joe, it didn't take very long at all once the first whistle blew for Man for uh, Manchester United to look a bit shaky at the back and to Brighton to pounce and almost score within the first minute. Were you in a bit in dreamland, Joe, when you saw us have a chance within, well, 60 seconds? I thought it was really good for us to get started really, really quickly um, because obviously the, the United fans are going to be a bit anxious about the new manager um, a little bit of a new look team. I know they had a new centre back um, playing Martinez. I think his name was. Um, so yeah, it was really good for us to get out of the traps early um, and show them that we're not here to make up the numbers. We're not here to um, celebrate your new manager day. We're here to beat you. We've beaten you heavily um, about two months ago, three months ago, um, and we're here to do exactly the same thing again. Um, and it was great from Trossard. Um, gutted it didn't go in. Um, I feel like it, it could have crept in at, at that near post. And I don't think De Gea would have really had a chance, to be honest, because it was a fierce shot. Um, and as you say, just a shame to see it hit that side netting. 
Yeah, definitely. I think we'll probably mention a bit later as well, but there were definite shades of that performance in May in today's game. I don't think it was out of the question that we could have got on to win that game by more than we did. Um, But we didn't have it all our own way. And we will talk about that in a little bit as well. Um, One thing that um, I suppose we can't look over was the fact that uh, I think I think it's the first time we as Brighton have played against Christian Eriksen. Now, I could be completely wrong. I'm pretty sure I heard someone say that it was the first time we've actually played a game against Christian Eriksen. Now, Aaron's shaking his head, so that means I'm wrong. So whoever told me that, you're wrong. Um, but anyway, it was good to see Christian Eriksen back on the pitch, um, you know, after all the troubles he's had. Um, he was playing in a bit of a false nine position from what I could work out, Aaron. And he was um, causing us a bit of problems because we didn't seem to know who to pick him up, whether it should be Caicedo or Webster. Um, what did you make of Eriksen's return? Um, well, I would say return uh, as playing against Christian Eriksen. I think it was difficult for the whole entire sort of front sort of four really with United because they were sort of coming in and out. They were they were interchanging, which I think is always an issue with with fullbacks uh, with fullbacks with a front four like you got like what was it Fernandez, Eriksen, Rashford, Sancho, just in, it's interchanging. So it's constantly changing. Um, it's not his natural position. You could you could tell he wasn't comfortable there. I don't think, to be honest. I don't think he played that well until he moved further back. In my opinion, um, I thought we dealt with him perfectly fine. In my personal opinion, I didn't think he was really causing us much issues. Him himself, anyway, it was just a front four. But other than that, yeah, what can't really really say much. I, I don't think United were that great. To be honest, even in the first sort of five ten minutes when they had looked a little bit threatening. But even then, I thought we, we looked the better team. Um, so it doesn't surprise me in the slightest that we, we dealt with him dealt with him well. And we played against him for Tottenham. He scored under Hewitt in our first season, I think. Where we did, I remember the game, we sat back. It was nil-nil to the like 87th minute. And we did not attack the whole entire game, trying to nick a point, And he scored from my outside the box. Yeah. I don't know who told you that, Tom, but they are. Telling you might have been... It might have been, it was the first time we've played against him since um, his, uh, obviously, his heart, well, heart attack, cardiac arrest, whatever may have happened. I can't recall. But um, so that's probably where I've got my things a little modelled up there. So thank you for correcting me, Aaron. Um, but Dan, as Aaron's alluded to and I've alluded to as well, we didn't have it all our own way. Manchester United did look quite threatening. There was a chance quite early on for Bruno Fernandes, who blazed over the bar. Um, so definite warning shots there. But I think, Dan, that um, we, we were the better team. Not that you'd know it listening to Sky Sports pundits, would you? I've honestly, it annoys me with Sky because, because of my um, well, and any sort of other's commentary, insert commentary team here. But um, yeah, the, the, the team like United, we, we have to sort of be aware of the, the sort of threats and that. and. And um, yeah, just just try and weather the storm. And obviously, like luckily they they weren't really threatening at all. Which, luckily for us, we actually really really enjoyed not not very much of their pressure. So yeah, that's all good. Yeah, that first half especially, I think it was very much a, a very dominant Brighton performance. Um, but it wasn't just the pundits that were a bit up Manchester United's backside. We will talk about them quite a bit in this episode, I feel. But as were the officials. Now, there was an early contentious decision, Joe, 
in Welbeck being through on goal, but the lino blew up for offside. There was a lot of people on Twitter saying it wasn't offside at all. Uh, what did you make of that initial decision? Was Welbeck offside when he was through on goal? Um, to be honest, I think it looked relatively similar to... Uh, I know they checked for like a tiny offside for Pascal's first goal, I believe. Um, and it was practically the same line um, on Maguire. So I honestly feel like the, the linesman should have let that flow, um, which they seem to be doing a lot more. But for some reason, obviously, flagged and, and blew up early for that one. Um, yeah, let it flow and then let VAR decide whether it was offside or not. I know, obviously, um, teams get a little bit annoyed that maybe they let play carry on and then a the player gets injured. And that's always possible. Um, but in that case, I think, as you say, I think Welbeck was through. Um, and I think it would have been a lot closer than we think uh, for. Um, so, yeah, it's just a shame that VAR didn't get to decide that one. But to be honest, even if VAR did decide that one, considering what we saw for the rest of the game, it probably wouldn't have gone our way anyway. So who am I to say? <laughs> yeah, you're right. And um, it's interesting you talk about the flag going up early because it automatically brings back this idea we've spoken about a lot, um, about lack of consistency. Um, because in the second half, uh, Manchester United had a chance which was fantastically saved by Sanchez, but the flag went up very late on that one. So again, I'd question, why has it gone up so early when we are through on goal and then so late when... Uh, but I already because, know the answer to that question. Well, exactly, because of the red kit. Um, and we'll we'll talk about it more in, in, in a bit because obviously there was more contentious decisions, but... It's just yeah. Man United bias, big six bias, crap. Yeah, and we're, well, we're going to talk about the very next contentious decision, and that was the Scott McTominay tackle on Moises Caicedo. Uh, Stubbs, studs up on the follow-through. Uh, Aaron, should it have been a red? I don't even know why we're even discussing it should have been a red. It's clear as day a red card. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't... He's over the ball, on his shin... He's not, it's just, it's a red card all day. I do not understand what in the mind, in the ref's mind. As you know, I I don't blame the ref, actually. I blame VAR on this one because he's there to pick up the ref's mistakes, which he did not do twice, may I add. It's a stone, it's one of the, because when Kai Sailor went down, it was, oh, oh shit. It was like, Oh no, because that it looked it looked nasty. Carrigan knew it looked nasty. Everyone had grounded, and the fact he's got away with it screams volumes. It is the typical, you know. I know that. So I know they're trying to let the game flow and you know set a higher standard or higher set a higher bar for fouls and, and things like that. But that even last year's a red card. Two years ago, three years ago, before VAR, that's a red card. Like all, all day long, I don't understand how he's got that so wrong. It doesn't didn't matter in the end, but it's just one of those things where you just look at him and think, "How, like how on how on earth are you not given that as a red card?" Yeah, you say it doesn't matter in the end, Aaron, but I disagree because yeah, I know we went on to win the game, but it brings the game into a, a sense of disrepute because that's the second time we've played Scott against Manchester United in a second game where Scott McTominay should have been sent off and wasn't. But the and thing is, McTominay, sorry, McTominay is 
one of the worst midfielders I've seen in the United show. He is absolutely fucking pony. Like, he really is. He is dreadful. Him and Fred together are literally like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Like, honestly, it is woeful. The fact he, I don't, the reason why he's in that United team is because he's a local lad. He's one of their own. But he's, well, he's from Scotland to start with. And who cares he's come from the academy? He's not good enough. He just he's just a hatchet man. Simple as, like clear as day. That that all day is a red card. Anywhere else in the in the uh, in the Premier League, other than Old Trafford, other than Anfield, other than the Etihad, etc. etc. That is a red card. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's hard to agree. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. It always sounds really petulant when you say, oh, it's big six bias. But when you see things like that and you see things like the penalty decision, which we will talk about later, it's hard not to conclude that there is a bias towards big six clubs that protects certain clubs. Because there is no way in my mind that that shouldn't be an instant dismissal. Dan, where do you stand on this? Uh, do you agree with Aaron or do you think that a yellow card was sufficient in this instance? It's a red. It's plain and simple. I, when I saw the replay, you can sort of see it right into his shin. It's dangerous, even if he got the ball. He'll say, oh, he got the ball. Even if he got the ball, you know, it's still stud showing, still winning to a player. Now, obviously, you see that Casado got really badly hurt by it. Cause by, luckily, he was able to carry on. Not that, obviously, not that badly badly hurt them, but obviously, still enough for him to be rolling around in pain. So, really, it's it's one of those things where it's sort of like, as Sarah said, and another day on somewhere else. If I was at the Amex and I was one of our players going into Matomane, he'd be off completely, and we will go in, go well. If it was the other way around, you wouldn't give it. It's, it's just, it's frustrating when when you you can plainly see right in front of your eyes where the referees just plainly just not consistent enough because I know a tackle happen and they may be in this the next game is on now or next week and and they'll give a red. They'd be like, why is not why is why is that one not a red and not this and this one is? What's what's difference? I can go on and on and on about it. I run the risk of repeating what the other guys have said. Um, but if that's Basuma last season in that role and he goes through on someone like that, it's it's instantly a red card. You, you would see the referee run over and already have the card halfway out of his pocket by the time that Basuma's gone through the man. Um, they are so quick to make these decisions against teams um, outside of the top six. And I don't understand why nothing is done about it constantly. You see the same season after season after season after season. If it is money, if it is them paying the refs off, it like what is the point in having a league if you're just going to make decisions to sway the game to go in the way of the, the the big six and to to write this script of oh look Eric Ten Hag is at Man United and he he's won the game his first game at Old Trafford what is the point in having a sport which we all love for its unpredictability for officials to go out there and try and sway the game and try and switch the momentum it's disgusting and I don't understand why nothing is done about it over and over and over and over and nothing said about it out 
obviously we're talking about it now. Um, but I guarantee you, in a week's time, nobody will talk about this anymore. Um, and the thing is, yeah, the reason they probably won't be talking about this anymore is because by next week, there'll probably be some more contentious decisions to deal with. And I just want to clarify, guys, I don't for a second believe that the referees are being paid off. Um, I don't believe that at all. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I do definitely 100% believe that referees protect the established big six club. They protect the status quo. Um, that's my thoughts on it. And listeners and viewers, I wish I could tell you that was the last time we're going to discuss contentious refereeing decisions today, but it's not. But we do have to move on from this particular instance where it should have 100%, as you say, guys, 100% red card all day, every day. But let's move on to something a bit happier now. And that was our first goal from that man himself, Pascal Gross. And it was a fantastic move. It started uh, with Pascal Gross himself actually playing a lovely little one-two with Moises Caicedo. Then Trossard goes into Trossard, who feeds Welbeck down the left. And he squares it lovely for Gross to tuck home. Lovely stuff indeed. Joe, what did you make of the goal, my friend? Yeah, and I mean, my stream was a bit behind, so I could sort of anticipate it coming because you guys were all going nuts in the chat and i was like what's happening like every time you guys were going nuts i was like please tell me more because i need to know <laughs> um i was sat there like for the last 10 minutes and people were popping off i'm like please just more context um but no it was a great goal um the pascal gross in acres of space like that united defense is just what is it like as you say, Tom, um, earlier, it just it some of the play that we we've done and how shaky United looked. It was just shades of that four 0 win, and I was thinking we we're gonna go on and just completely embarrass them. Obviously, they came out and like they would at home and and try try and make a a game of it. But yeah, just acres of space and easy. It's just an open net. Pop it in. There we go. We're on our way to to victory. So yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, it was pretty spectacular stuff. Aaron, what did you make of the goal, mate? Yeah, it's beautiful. But the run actually from Welbeck himself was unreal. It really was. I think that's if that's what the world if Welbeck's gonna be like that all season, and if you say he's fit, he could be looking very, very tasty. Um, without a doubt, and. United's defence, like 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 Joe said, it's it was just dreadful. Just switched off. Shaw's asleep at the back post. Simple as, and Gross isn't going to miss that from there at all. Yeah, you just got to yeah, you just invite in for trouble there. And Pascal Gross, Dan, he loves to score against Manchester United. I think I saw a stat on Twitter earlier that said no other player bar Mo Salah has scored more goals against Manchester United over the last four years. What have you made of uh, the Germans' um, performances against Manchester United? We, we were saying in the group chat about giving him the freedom of Bryson on that, but he had the freedom of Old Trafford today and he's, had, he's basically just, he's just great against United. I don't know what it is, they just can't handle him. Even though we we all keep saying saying stuff about him, obviously we all love him. Obviously we do. You see, of people saying like he's too slow, he's this that. Now United can't play against him, so it's got to be something good about this guy. Um, and currently, I want to start making a kitty for Aaron to get a gross shirt for this season as well. 
<laughs> I would definitely put into that. Uh, Joe, um, <laughs> you were calling for Pascal to be built a statue, were you not, on the Albion Obsessed Twitter? Now, we've, you know, we've spoken a lot about Pascal Gross, and one of the things I saw on Twitter, which you might have posted yourself, actually, or at least retweeted, was the fact that one of the best bits of business that Brighton have done in the last six months is to get Pascal Gross to sign a new contract. Um, just how impressive was Pascal today? As I said uh, earlier, Tom, his intelligence for the game is unlike anything I've ever seen in a Brighton shirt bar, maybe Vicente. Um, honestly, he is that good. And I, I always remind myself that we picked him up for, what, three and a half million in our first season in the Premier League. And let's not forget how instrumental he was in that first season in the Premier League to keep us there. Um, and has been ever since. He had a bit of a dip when Graham came in. He, he was a little bit out of sorts, out of favour. Um, but he's clearly shown to Graham Potter how, how important he can be and how versatile he can be. People might not like it when he's played in different positions, um, that he's not as strong in. I know, Tom, I'm not going to mention it. Don't worry. Um, but at the end of the day, you need that man on the pitch because he, he can change the game at the flick of a switch. Um, as I say, he's that intelligent. So we need him to start every single game um, in the role, in the exact role that he played against United because he was everywhere. Everywhere I looked, Pascal Gross was there and he was part of everything good that we did today. Couldn't agree more, Joe. Couldn't agree more. Um, you know, I, I, I've been quite vocal about where Pascal has played in the past and how I don't like that. However, for me, he's an absolute nailed on starter. He has to be in that starting 11. Um, I think that the formation we saw him in today um, really suits his style of play. I think that when, as you say, Joe, when Potter came in, you know, we had been using him as at number 10, just sitting behind Glenn Murray under Chris Hewton. And, uh, but I do think that Pascal has had a, a bit of a renaissance under uh, Graham Potter, especially uh, since the turn of the calendar year. Um, and let's keep the Pascal uh, love going because he scored an absolutely fantastic second goal. And I think that you're not going to see a better team goal all season. Um, it starts, Aaron, with the cheekiest of cheeky back heels from Adam Webster all the way back by our penalty box. And it makes its way up the pitch. Solly has a shot, which is saved from De Gea. But Pascal tucks in the rebound. What a fantastic team goal, Aaron. What did you make of it, brother? Yeah, it was, it was class. It's just, it was vintage potable, really. Um, you know, from playing from back to front that quick, that well, that precise, and then to, to get got the end of it. I think, you know, take nothing away from us, but the, the United should never let us get out of there that easily to start with in the corner. That that's their first downfall. But other than that, as soon as we got out of that out of that uh, corner, it was just bang, bang, bang. Safe from Bahia, grows there for the rebound. And you know, to be fair, people were saying Bahia should have put, done better with it. I think it's a good save, but I, I would agree. I think he should have to do a little bit better. Um, push it further wide, but again, he's there. He's there in the right moments uh, at the moment, Gross, and yeah, can't can't begrudge him for that. One man, Dan, that we also need to chat about in terms of the build-up uh, to that goal, but also his general play today 
was the man who's uh, your your screen name's namesakes for, Solly March, uh, our new number seven, because I thought he had an absolutely fantastic uh, day today. He played on the right, he played on the left, he played as a left back, he played as a left wing back as well. Um, he had a fantastic game. What did you make of Solly's performance today, Dan? Amazing. Um, he, he seems to be coming back into the way he was before we had his injury, which I'd love to see. He's he's just the sort of player that Graham needs and Graham wants to play basically anywhere he can fit in. Basically, when he thinks only someone free and he always goes, me, I'll do it, I'll do it. You know, that's seems like the sort of person he is. Um, and I've been saying already through the game at, at home, I've been saying, um, oh, even when Ronaldo came on the pitch, I was like, oh, the best, the best number seven is actually on our side, not theirs. So, that's... Yeah, and then when you then when Solly came off, I said, uh, "So oh, oh, the best player's gone to off the pitch again." Oh well, I'm gonna go out and say something audacious. If Solly March scored more goals, he'd play for a top six team. I rate him that highly. I think he's such a good player. I think that, as you say, Dan, he's playing back to his best. I think the only thing that's missing from his game is goals. And I genuinely think if he started scoring consistently, we'd struggle to keep hold of him um, because he's, again, he's another nailed on starter from my, my Albion 11 at the moment. I'd play him on the right over uh, Lamptey if we're going to go with winbacks personally. Um, so, yeah, I thought Solly had a fantastic game um, and definitely was in contention for man of the match, which we'll talk about a bit later. But, Joe, it was a wonderful first half. Um you know, we came out in the second half also really, really strong. Manchester United did look dangerous, it has to be said. However, we could have easily scored a third quite early on with Welbeck having a header from uh, Trossard's cross. And Trossard was another player today, Joe, that I thought looked unplayable at times. What did you make of the Belgians' impact today? Yeah, Leo is just... When when he's confident, when he's on form, he's completely unplayable. Um, he loves a game against the top six. Um, who they're dubbed. Um, but as you say, the Belgian has has, has learned his trade playing that role or may, may, a bit further today, to be honest. He was a bit further up, but obviously operating in that semi-left wing-back uh, role, learned that trade in Belgium, I think played the first time at left wing-back for his country. Um, so, yeah, props to, I think it's still Roberto Martinez for that. Is it? Yeah. Um, yeah so... Yeah, um, we saw a hat trick last. Was it last weekend um, for for him? So yeah, long may it continue. And what we found with Trossard is consistency. As we say, he loves the game against the top six. Be interesting to see how he how he fares against Newcastle next weekend. Um, but what I, I just want to see a real consistent season from him because he could he could go to the very top. He could get taken by a, a top six club as well. Um, Obviously, I don't want him to go, um, but he he is that good on his day that if he, he gets these consistent performances in, um, he could go wherever he wants to go. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, and our next talking point is another talking point about Trossard, but it's another contentious refereeing decision, Aaron, because uh, Maguire pushes Trossard over off the ball. Trossard goes to complain to the ref about it and ends up getting booked. What's all that about? Uh, nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. Next point. I think there's no need to. Do, I think there's nothing in that. 
But why do you think Trossard's booked for going to the ref? Hey, look, I've just been put. They, they were both at it. They were both at it. It's just one of those things where you just get up and get on with it, in my opinion. Aaron, talking it like it is. He likes the men's game. He likes it rough, like it was back in 90s. And for some reason, I've gone northern. Less of that, please. Right then. So let's talk about our next refereeing contentious decision, which I think you'll agree, Aaron, was not was not a soft challenge at all. And we are, of course, talking about the penalty or the penalty that wasn't given. Danny Welbeck was literally steamrolled into. And at the time, I thought I said to him, I said, oh, he's, he's a bit soft. But having looked at it again, I think I retract that statement because it was a stonewall penalty for me. What did you make of that? Just don't, I don't really understand how it wasn't. I, I don't. I don't get. What? Where? Why is? Why? Why? Just why? And how? Because there's no. I can't really say anything about it because it's. It's so stupid that it wasn't given. That it was funny. Like I, I, I when it wasn't given, I was like, I literally just like, right, okay. It's like, well, that actually just plain right ridiculous. He's gone. He's gone. Literally right up Welbeck's ass, and he's pushed him in the back. Like it's a stone wall penalty. That not even if just words. I, I have no words for it. It's just a stone wall penalty. Hundred ninety nine times out of hundred penalty, out of shadow of doubt. And again, I, like I said, can't even blame the ref. It's gone back to VAR. VAR, yeah, it's fine. He's literally like manhand, not even manhand is a bit strong the word, but he's literally just grabbed him and just gone, nope. And it, I don't, I just do not get it. Like, honestly, it sounds ridiculous, but I generally have no words for that decision. I, I just, that's what I've got. That's really what I've got. It's, I just, yeah. Stunned. We um we had a United fan quote our tweet because I tweeted the video of, of the decision um, and he was like, uh, but how does Welbeck get bodied by somebody who's five foot seven? So I'm sorry, but you're going at the, the speed that Danny Welbeck's going. You're already off balance because you're sort of leaning forward to protect the ball. Somebody comes into you going arguably faster. Boom, you go over. I don't care how tall you are. I don't care... What what you weigh? I don't care how muscly you are. You are gonna fall over if somebody just yeets you in the back. I don't understand how. Obviously, because they're looking at it through Man United tinted glasses. Um, but that is a stonewall penalty, as you say, Aaron. And I, I also have zero words as to why that wasn't given. We all know why it wasn't given. We all know because the badge was wrong. Um, but just coming back to the point, Joe, about um. Welbeck being bodied by someone who's smaller than him. I think the person who's mentioned that needs to redo some physics lessons and needs to go for a run because anyone who runs or anyone who plays a sport that involves running, so be it football, rugby, whatever, you know that as soon as you get any sort of contact that puts you off balance, it's incredibly easy to fall over. Um, and it doesn't take a lot of weight. So when you've got someone who's pushing their full body weight into you, when you're off balance, like Welbeck was, you are going to go down. And that's why I retracted my posi- uh, my thing about it being soft. Because having seen it, I watched, you know, I could see Danny's uh, Danny's feet and he was off balance. So, of course, he's gone down. 100% a penalty. Anyone who says 
that it's not a penalty and that Danny Welbeck should be stronger there, knows absolutely nothing about physics and knows absolutely nothing about running. As a runner myself, who's gone down and broken my foot because of the slightest touch, it's just, yeah, you need to you need to get out there and do some running, my friend, because uh, <laughs> you clearly know nothing about how forces work in relation to each other. Dan, less about me ranting about science. Dan, I mean, it seems a bit of a daft question. Was it a penalty? Yes. That's all that needs to be said. It was a penalty. It wasn't given. Badge must have been the wrong one. Um, But it did um, almost um, ruin our day a little bit. We could have had the chance to go 3-0 up, if you believe, of course, that the... uh, uh, the Brighton player who would have stepped up for that penalty would score. Our recent run of penalties hasn't been great exactly, but you have to believe it. Um, another slightly contentious official, officiating uh, decision is one we've already alluded to in this episode. And that was, of course, uh, when Ronaldo came on. Um, he it was a bit, It was really good play from Manchester United, it has to be said. Ronaldo squared it to Rashford who's all alone in the box, but Sanchez pulls off an absolute worldie of a save, Aaron. Um, you know, Sanchez is a big guy. I think he's, what, six foot five-ish? Um, and he needed every part of that six foot five to keep that shot out. Um, it did turn out to be offside anyway, but what did you make of that save? Yeah, it's just textbook goalkeeping. Really, he's waited to the last moment to go down. He, he's made himself big. It's what he does. It's what he does in the warm-up. I, I, I'm a I'm a sad sod who gets there like hour and a half before the game and watches the goalkeeper warm ups. And he's been doing it doing that those sort of saves for at least like sort of ten, twelve months or ten months really during during the season, every home game, the warm up. There's one drill they do which is exactly that situation. Like like literally it's like carving copy. And this is exactly what he's paid to do and it's exactly what he's done. And no, no more can really be said. It was a superb save. Really good save. But it's one of those where you just got to make yourself as big as you possibly can. And like, then he does. And I think they said in commentary, it was very Schmeichel-like, which, which it was. Yeah, definitely. It was a phenomenal stop. Um, and the contention that I'm referring to, listeners and viewers, is, of course, this idea that we've spoken about already today. It was offside. But whereas we saw Welbeck get flagged up straight away. The flag was very late, wasn't it, Dan, um, for that decision? Again, it's that lack of consistency. And I don't want to prolong the point too much, um, but surely, surely that, you know, they have to look at this game. I mean, the referees and the, the linesmen afterwards and think, you know, we this wasn't our proudest moment. No, the, I'd say the referee, I think, got most of it awfully done wrong. Um, I remember what, literally watching it. I literally just just started laughing because really anybody else would have scored that. But as but as Aaron said, you know, as as I'm always at the north stand, the right in front, of the front, upper right front, they do the drills all the time. It's all great. But with the officials today, it was awful. You're just I don't, I don't want to go on about it. It's just just absolutely awful. They certainly were. Um, now, Joe Sanchez, brilliant one moment, flapping at a corner at the next. Now, oh, I will, this is the last time I will moan about the officials, I absolutely promise, um, because I've done that quite a lot today. And again, I know it sounds really petulant, really childish to do so, but it really did feel like we were playing against 12 men today. Now, the reason I'm talking about this, just in prior to Manchester United's goal, is because McTominay commits a foul. 
um, in the Manchester United half, right in front of the referee. It is a foul. The referee goes, now it's fine. Manchester United attack. The ball goes behind for a corner, which Manchester United then score from. That makes me cross, Joe. It makes me very, very cross. Um, but less about me being cross. Let's talk about the actual goal itself then. So Sanchez, I think a bit flappy at the corner. Do you think he could have done better? Uh, possibly. Um, it's just one of those things where he's just mis- misjudged it, I would imagine. Um, maybe got a bit distracted and mistimed it. Um, I'm not sure. Um, but I think it's, it's a shame because what we love about Sanchez is how commanding he is in the box. Um, I'm not sure why he's tried to punch it. Um, maybe Aaron can give some insight on that. Um, but it would have been maybe a better option to to put both hands out and try and secure the ball. Um, but then obviously what happens after is obviously it ricochets off of Dallow. Um, contentious whether it may be come off his arm, but I've, I haven't got it, many it complaints. Did, it, did, it did come off his arm. I haven't got many complaints about the goal, to be honest, because if that's if that's if we score that and that's given no goal to us, I'll be a bit peeved because it's his his arms here. It just knocks him. He, he can't do much about it. Um, and then McAllister tries to clear it. <laughs> Obviously, Sanchez trying to make up for his earlier mistake. It just flaps off of Sanchez's hand. I'm not sure why it's given as an own goal to McAllister because it comes off of Sanchez, I believe. Um, so I'm not sure why that is. Um, Aaron, can you clarify? So it actually comes, it does come off McAllister. Sanchez palms it onto McAllister's leg and scuffs it into the top of the net. But uh, he's got to do better at that, the cross itself. There's there's no reason why he should not be claiming that with both hands. And if he's going to go with one, make sure it's a fist. Don't just go flapping it. That, that was his, that was the, the, the issue. That that seemed very much like a Matt Ryan goal to concede, if I'm honest. Um, I, I'm not saying Sanchez is is worse than Matt Ryan. I'm, I'm far from that. But it, it's one of those where he's come out and he just flapped it and it's a bit chaotic and it's gone in. It's not a handball for me. It's rolled down his arm. Um, and just it's just one of those things. But when, when, that, when that goal goes in, you feel the momentum change and it was more of a if than a when that was equalised, to be honest. No, sorry. When than an if. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, got all muddled up there. Um, but yeah, that, it, but obviously they didn't, so it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Not particularly. And let's talk about um, that last 15, 20 minutes then, Dan, because um, I think, you know, Aaron's just put it in the chat. You know, we've talked a lot about the officials and how poor they were today. But let's talk about how good we were, because in that first half, we were excellent offensively going forward. But we really had to be on our best um, to defend our, our, our goal lead there. I, I thought that the Graham Potter substitutions really helped um, give back our poise. Uh, we saw Trossard and Lalana go off and Lamptu and Muwepu came on. Uh, what was your impression of that last 15, 20 minutes? Were you nervous? I was very nervous because, you know, just... Someone could come out of nothing, you know. They have got the players; they can just change change the game. And obviously, they really brought on. I think they brought on youngsters as well. United when they did made changes. Um, obviously, when when we made changes, I think the the two changes you alluded to, I think were due to changing formation. I want to say because they didn't take that on 
on commentary. They were, they were, they were going back from four to a five again, um, which we basically looked more comfortable defending anyway. But they still has you know, the, the, the odd chance, which I was sitting there going, oh, this, 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 this feels like one of those days that is going to happen again. And luckily, we'd be defended very well. Um, and we could have maybe scored as well. We did try and get some up the pitch. I thought as well we when um, uh, we 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 did react to put it on the corner flag as well for some points. So I was sitting there going, sure you would go straight to the corner because like Lamptey had the ball on that end, but still still trying to get the ball in the box. I'm like you when you shout to him, corner flag, just put it there. But credit to the one to score another goal to make sure it's become more comfortable. But sometimes just just go just look at the time and go just. Sit, just sit out, sit out, just go, just put the pressure pressure on off yourselves, and just sort of keep it there. But yeah, but that's as as luckily we're talking about it's uh, came out right in the end anyway. So it's happy ending. It certainly was a happy ending. You know, we we rode that storm of Manchester United pressure. I thought Lamptey, you know, gave uh, Luke Shaw something to think about. I think uh, Luke Shaw was looking quite good at parts. Like, well, he was getting forward a lot more in the second half and putting Lamptey on really made him have to think about how far forward he was getting because obviously Lamptey could just burn him for pace. Uh, We did manage to hang on, Joe. It was a fantastic result. And we'll talk a bit about what that means historically in a moment. But just before we come to that, let's talk about some debuts because we saw Colwell uh, make his debut. He came on for the imperious Solly March. And uh, Undav also came on to make his um, very brief uh, cameo off the bench. Um, good to get these guys on the pitch for their first minutes, albeit very briefly. I thought Colwell looked, again, he looked quite assured in his very brief cameo. Yeah, um, I just also want to mention the other two substitutions you mentioned, uh, Mwepu and and uh, Lamptey. I thought Lamptey was absolutely phenomenal when he came on and um, really solid i know dan you said about um a couple of moments where he was crossing it into the box trying to get that extra goal maybe um maybe could have kept possession but i thought he was back to his energetic self um back to it drop the beat I love that intro. It's banging. Thank you. On that bombshell. The, the tactical masterclass again from Graham, Plot, uh, Graham Potter. Um, and yeah, welcome to the Premier League, Eric Ten Hag. You've got managers like Graham Potter to contend with. Um, you're going to have a uh, have a fun time. You talk about Colwell as well. Um, obviously, we, we've had our say on, on the loan deal, but I think it's, it's, a, it's a great signing from what we have seen of him. Um, it's a, a guy that can come on and, and give us that confidence um, if we need extra legs in defence. Um, and obviously, you said Undav's um, very, very brief performance. Can't really say much about that. But it's going to be great for him personally to get on the pitch at Old Trafford um, and to, to feel part of the squad as well. Um, and I'm really excited as well that we've got this five substitution rule in um, because it just gives Graham so many more options to change that game. Um, and it's what he's so good at. Um, we've always talked about managers in the past, mostly Chris Hutton, of not having an extra plan. Um, and Graham's got a bloody cabinet full of plans. Um, and I just love to see it. 
Yeah, you talk about the bench there, Joe. Um, a lot of noise before the game that uh, Julio Enciso um, didn't make the matchday squad, which I'm sure he'll be very disappointed for. But we did obviously see Cole Will, Undab and Matoma and Van Heck on that bench. Um, and as you say, you know, with the five sub rule, it just gives you so much you know, flexibility and freedom. And, um, you know, it'll be hopefully we'll see a lot more of the those names I've just mentioned, especially Matoma, who I'm really excited about, really excited about. Um, so, Aaron, it was a fantastic result for Brighton. It was their first victory at Old Trafford since 1983. Or is it of all time? I've seen again, I've seen, I'm seeing so many things on Twitter that say two different things. It could be the first victory at Old Trafford ever, or it could be the first victory since 1983. Either way, Aaron, first game of the season away at Old Trafford. We come back with three points. Yeah, can't really ask so much more, to be honest. Um, Old Trafford is always a difficult ground to go to, regardless of what Formula United are in or not. <clears throat> it is known as the theatre of dreams and you know it's still one of the most formidable grounds in in probably even europe to a certain degree just shame that the team itself can't perform that way actually no it's not a shame that's a lie um but yeah you can't honestly you can't take anything away from the players today i, I think they're the, they're the main focus i know we've gone on about the, the officials and how bad united were but I thought we were we were excellent from the minute from the minute get go, uh, and it it's, it was just a, honestly it was a privilege to watch. To be honest, I think everyone done their jobs extremely well. Yeah, the subs coming on didn't really have much time to make an impact, but they made made some, which was nice. It looked like Lamptey was back to back to himself a little bit, which is good. Um, positives, really positive going into to Newcastle, um, and that'll really be inter- more interesting. I think we. A lot different to the challenge we had today. Uh, I, I think Newcastle will be. Apparently, they played really well yesterday, so they'll be in a, a, a good mind mind frame and a, and a pretty good sort of feeling into it. Obviously, we're not particularly being particularly great at home, apart from the last two two games of the season last year. So that will give them something to look at. But we just got just enjoy the moment now. Just enjoy this moment because let's be real. We never thought we would even play at Old Trafford, let alone win at Old Trafford. So, in the words of mine, Tyler, drink it in. Drink it in. Yeah, I mean, it's worth mentioning. I think since Graham Potter's taken over, we've won, We've got our first victory at Anfield. Um, we've beaten Manchester City for the first time in the league. Uh, we've beaten Arsenal for the first time in the league. We've, beat, we've won the, for the first time... At Old Trafford, so you know, Graham Potter is making huge strides at this football club. And Dan, the narrative around this victory will, of course, from pundits, uh, will be about how awful or how poor Manchester United were. But as Aaron says, we need to give ourselves a lot of credit here because, as I say, in the first half, some of the attacking football we played was fantastic, and in the second half, we had to be very good defensively. What did you make of the performance as a whole? We played excellently. I I was impressed with the first half, mostly like you know, we especially going to I think it was two 0 up in the first half. Um, just playing some brilliant football. It was impressive because because like um, you sort of like watch the other games. You sort of everyone else doing. See, Fulham played really well in the first half, and it was sort of like near near similar. So obviously 
they're obviously not expected to do a lot, but obviously they play against obviously Liverpool. Obviously, we're playing against Man United, which obviously we're not the same, not the same level as Liverpool, but we still played the sort of the same way. And obviously, the same with Old Trafford as well. It is an intimidating place because, like you say, did like players like see so obviously seen it on TV, and obviously then obviously he didn't get to play it unfortunately. But for other players, probably like Matoma probably thought about it as well, and and uh, you know and uh, the others in Dallas and all that. Of course, saw saw him go. Oh look, Old Trafford! I would love to be able to play here. Obviously, Casado. I think it was he said he was a United supporter as well. So obviously that's probably a good thing for him as well to finally be able to go be on Old Trafford's pitch as well. But yeah, to to do to play out the way how he did first half and second half was it was a bit nervy, but we played really well. They should be very proud of themselves. They did everything right, as Aaron said, all all of their they did all their jobs they needed to do. We got the three points away, even though it was it got nervy, but at the end of the day, three points is three points. We move we move up after after such a good performance. Hopefully the same again against Newcastle, which would be excellent to then change our home form. Like as I was, there was anything that was missing in last season was our home form. We need to get that home form up, and hopefully we can be hopeful of maybe I don't want to say it, but maybe a European tour. Yeah, it wouldn't be Brighton without the first season. After today's result, it was either going to be we're going on a European tour or we're getting relegated. Um, I'm glad it's the uh, the former and not the latter. Um, I'm, glad you... <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned Moises Caicedo because we haven't actually talked about him uh, much today at all. And I thought he had put in a phenomenal shift in the middle. I thought McAllister played really well. Uh, as I've already said, Solly, Pascal, Welbeck, some really, really, f- and Lewis Dunk as well. Um, you know, some really phenomenal um, performances out there, really professional. So, guys, I'm going to push you to pick your player of the match. And I'm going to start with you, Joe. And I'd like to tell me who your player of the match is and why, please. Just, um, just first, before I give my player of the match, I'm just going to let Curtis, our boy Curtis, take this away. One second. Obviously, I won't be there, lads, but if you could play this on the pod, it would be greatly appreciated. If you're getting this message, it means that I have been Cruyff turned to death by Pascal Gross. But what a win today. Uh, impeccable, our first win at Old Trafford. Uh, I uh, I almost did a wee. It was so scary. But come on, Brighton. So happy. He certainly yeah. has a way with words. He does, he does. But the main thing is he's happy, and I'm I'm so glad to hear him uh, in good spirits. And we wish you all the best, Curtis, because we know, we know. Um, but my um, my player of the match has to be Pascal Gross. Two goals, masterclass, the most intelligent man on the pitch, and Cristiano Ronaldo was on the pitch at some points. So yeah, absolutely loving it. Um, and long may it continue. So yeah, Pascal Gross. Very good. Aaron, who is your player of the match and why? Yeah, for Danny Welbeck, for me. I think he was absolutely outstanding, deserved the goal. Um, his running was impeccable. His running behind, tracking back, I thought it was absolute class. So, Danny Welbeck. And finally, Dan, who was your player of the match and why? This is obviously on Echo Joe, obviously. Much love to you, Curtis. We're all, we're all here for you. And um, my player match has to be gross. Just brilliant. Honestly, just so brilliant. 
Yep, Gross, as we've already said, loves to play against Manchester United. Uh, mine is going to be an honourable mention to Moises Caicedo because I, I genuinely think he's, for such a young player, to play like the way he does. Um, and again, at Old Trafford as well. I thought he was really, really fantastic. But for me, the player of the match was Danny Welbeck. I thought his hold-up play was excellent. Uh, his running, he, you know, he ran non-stop. And as Aaron said, you know, if we can get Danny Welbeck fit and if we can keep him fit, and he can play the majority of games this season. You know, we're, we're going to be really on to something. And I believe that Gareth Southgate was at Old Trafford today. Uh, probably, what, of course, he was watching United players. But if I was Gareth Southgate, I'd be thinking about looking at Danny Welbeck for an outside England call. You know, if Welbeck can keep... No, Aaron, you say keep calm. But if you if you think about Danny Welbeck, he's probably in what is probably the best form of his career, perhaps, in terms of maybe not goal scoring, but in terms of the minutes he's playing, the impact he's having on a team. And if I was Gareth Southgate, I know Gareth Southgate won't because he doesn't like Brighton. But if I was Gareth Southgate, I'd be thinking to myself, if I want a player who's a bit of a, you know, might give throw him a bit of a curveball, Danny Welbeck. And if I was Gareth Southgate and I was looking at England centre-backs... I would not want blimmin' Harry Maguire, who, by the way, hilariously, uh, during the, uh, the the commentary from on the BBC Sussex, Johnny Cantor was making reversing noises, like one of those big trucks. Beep, 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 beep. Because that's how slow Harry Maguire is. How that man gets in the England squad is just an absolute shambles. Um, so if I was Gareth Southgate, I'd be looking at Dunk, looking at Webster and going, actually... They're a damn sight better. But we all know he won't. That's the thing. We, we all know he won't do that. Well, I'm not getting my hopes up, Aaron. Don't get me wrong. I know that Dunk won't go to the World Cup. I know Webster won't. I know Welbeck won't. He's other, the other side of getting another England cap, I think, as an age-wise. I, I think he's... That, that's, the, that's the thing. Because England are getting... Uh, going for, for young... Feeding young blood into the team, which is fair enough. Um... Hence why I don't think Dung will get back, get a call up again. He should do, but he won't. But uh, other than that, yeah, not really much to say. I think the next Brighton player that will get an England call up will probably be Colwell, and he's not even our player. (laughs) Anyway, less about that. It was a fantastic performance, guys. It was an absolute privilege and an honour to share this with you. We are little old Brighton, and teams like Brighton can do great things. Thank you for joining us on our post-Manchester United analysis. We're going to be back to you with our Newcastle uh, preview later in the week. We hope you have a fantastic evening, day, morning, afternoon or night, wherever you may be, whenever you may be. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe for more content if you haven't done so already. We've been the Albion Obsessed. Take care. (laughs) 